Welcome to the Global Mission Awareness Podcast, where the last command of Jesus is our first priority, to bring the good news to the least, last, and lost. Hello, and welcome to Kingdom Family Talks. This is Kaylee here. I'll be hosting today's podcast, um, and this is going to be part two of a, a series that we're going, we're doing on Isaiah 6. I have Leif Hetland sitting across from me. We're having a great time today, and um. Yeah, we're ready to jump in. We're so excited. If you haven't listened to the first part of this series, we really want to encourage you to go and do that because it, it really sets us up for what we're talking about in the podcast today. We're going to uh, really dive into Isaiah 6 and Isaiah's encounter and how it changed his life and how God wants to do the same thing in our lives. So go ahead and pause this if you haven't listened to it and jump into the first podcast and we'll wait for you to, to come back to come us. But, um, Leif, before we jump into this, I'd love for you to do a quick recap of what we talked about in the first podcast. Yeah, we, we started, first of all, uh, I gave a little bit of background on why Isaiah 6 is very significant for this season, uh, both prophetically speaking, for America as a nation, for the world, but more important also for the individual life, how it is a personal message for me and, uh, and both me and Paul Yado and a few of us, uh, this became a word for us and for us as a kingdom family movement, but just sensing that he's revisiting that. And the story is, it was in the year when King Uzziah died. We put it very quickly that King Uzziah was a great king. For 52 years, he ruled and reigned from, he was 16 years old. And I mean, his naming the strength of Yahweh, one of the best kings, and he just accomplished so much and he operated in the strength of Yahweh. He, he needed God and like his, for, his father before him, he was very faithful and got so many successes and breakthrough because he operated with the very kingdom principles that God had given him. But somehow in the middle of all the successes, in the earlier stages, everybody was talking about how incredible God is. That before you know, people are talking about how amazing Uzziah is. And that little subtle twist there is just when you're seeing some of the pride that crept in. And then from that moment, what was his biggest strength being overextended became his weakness. And then in the middle of it, now the enemy also started going in and say, hey, you can actually do this. You are so great. You can. And you started operate. And we have seen that with people with great healing anointing. Now they're going to operate as a teacher. And some of the greatest healing evangelists lost pretty much a lot of their legacy because they started to step outside that area. They, they were called to be healing evangelists, not to be a Bible teacher. And then they tried to go scholarly and tried to explain things that was not their anointing. This is similar to what happened here. He is a king, but he started operating the priestly and God said, eh. mm. he ended up with leprosy. And that's what happened. It's just a picture of when sin comes in, pride comes in and eventually led to his death. But it was Isaiah himself, one of the greatest prophets, this was also then a shift in his life. And it's also sometimes in our life when the Uzziahs in our life, when we're just being aware of that, dealing with that, when some of those things dies, Isaiah then had an encounter. And that's what we're leading up to. And I'm saying there's a major change in his life from being a prophet that everything is wrong with everybody else because he's operating that to eventually start to see himself in the mirror. And that's what the encounter is doing. And that's what we are about to see it because change is actually very difficult for us, for all of us. Uh, if, if you look at your life where you see major changes taking place, often it was connected to three things. I either hurt enough where I had to change. That can be in a marriage. That can be in the way you're driving. You get three tickets. I remember when I got three tickets and <laughs> suddenly one day, Oops, they're coming there. I forgot about it. I was just so busy. <laughs> but the third ticket, they suddenly said, your driver license for six months. 
now I was quick. It was almost like an alarm clock of how I was driving. And I've not had a ticket since. This is quite a few years back. But I'm saying, heard enough where you have to. Then I learn enough where I want to. I'm learning enough about a new paradigm compared to the old, where I don't want to go and do what I used to do. But then a third one, and that's what we're leading into as part of this session, receiving enough where you're able to change. And that is now humility comes in. When all of those Uzziahs has died and you bury those Uzziah, that leads you to an encounter because that's what grace does for us. When you are humble and you're just realizing without him, I can't do nothing. That's also when your strength comes in. It's about in him, I can do all things. But that's his strength. That's his wisdom. It's his power. It is his authority. It is his joy. It's his peace. So that's where I get this from. And that's what happened. And you receive enough where you are able to change. Wow. Yes, I, I love this subject. I am such a fan of encountering the Almighty God, and I am often moved to tears um, thinking about that we serve a God. We have a King who is tangible and, and wants to talk to us, wants to be with us, and, and, and have those experiences as well. And I'll never forget um, when I was living in Northern California, I was attending a, a ministry school, and there was a moment in worship. I'm in the room with 650 people and we're all worshiping God and it's it's one of those moments where you you feel heaven settle in the room you know like a lot of us listening have have had those moments and we want to have them all the time just because it just feels amazing um where Jesus himself walks in the room and and it was centered around this passage um no one was leading into it but all of a sudden like different people in the room started shouting here I am Lord send me and you could just feel the weight of heaven and and how important and and life-changing those moments were for each of those people of of laying their lives down for God. And um, it's just something that I see in Isaiah's life is when he encountered God in this passage, when, he, when we're going to walk through this encounter, um, everything changed in his life, notably his perspective. Like you say, he went from living from earth to heaven to start living from heaven to earth. So I, I would love for you to, to start from the beginning. And, and if you um, aren't familiar with this passage, we just really encourage you to to stop the podcast and go and read Isaiah 6 before you listen further because we're going to quickly run through it. We don't have the time to walk through it verse by verse, but I really want to dig into what God's saying here. So Leif, if you could, um, I'd just love to throw the ball to you to hear your thoughts on how this encounter starts and how, how Isaiah is set up for a life change. Yeah, and again, we mentioned just that it was at the year when King Uzziah yeah. died. Then I saw I saw the Lord. So it's very important also to see this was an open vision. It was personal. It was a powerful encounter. He says, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. So this is also when you start to see him, that's when you start to see yourself. And I wrote a book called Seeing Through Heaven's Eyes that is all (laughs) connected to that we first have to look up before we look in, before we can look out, and then we can look forward. This is actually literally what is happening with Isaiah here. Then the next thing that he said, when I saw him high and lifted up, and and again, he see the glorious one, he see the kings, you start to see. And the more you see, the more you're being overwhelmed by what you're seeing. And your eyes is being shaped and changes. And then the next thing he says, the train of his robe just starts to fill the temple. So, so if you even can visualize the terrain of his robe, fills the temple. And while the temple and the priests are still in shock and sorrow because of the death of the king in the physical realm and in the eternal realm, the spiritual we're seeing, there's a different tone. The way heaven is seeing this is very different than earth was seeing it. And that's also another thing that happens. And when I see him high and lifted up and you start to get that focus, then you start to see, wow, with everything that is going on here, 
you see this, wow, the train of his robes fill the temple. And here we're seeing God filling his temple. And I think that this is also a very beautiful thing that we need. First of all, my body is a temple that needs to be filled. That's beautiful. When, when I'm getting filled, that's one thing. But even our church body being just filled. And I've been in places when that happened in Toronto. We travel all over the world because the train of his robe filled the temple. Or I remember in Pensacola on Father's Day when I heard, well, that, uh, that people had seen him high and lifted up and people traveled all over the world and we stood in line in Pensacola. And I still remember the people even just coming out on the parking lot. We stood in long line for hours. People were being healed, people set free. But the conviction, it was almost like that when the robe filled that temple there, People from all over the world came there to be set free, to be healed, and to have encounters with God. So I had so many incredible, it was not just even in the building, it spread into the parking lot. I remember one guy standing in line, he had pornography videos in his car on his way, but he just got so convicted he had to run to the car because he couldn't be able to stand it to burn it. Because just the conviction, because it was an environment, light was penetrating darkness, love was penetrating fear. So we see in this beautiful, beautiful picture that is taking place and then we're seeing again there was these seraphims that came in mm. two wings to hide a face which is a sense of this reverence and worship two wings to hide their feet which is also a picture of the surrender life and and just walking in assignment and it's also a picture of act of worship and then there was the two wings that he flew which is just your god-given assignment that is also such a beautiful picture of heaven and operating uh, i use often the picture of an eagle here but but the intimacy the surrender the the adoration you can see this incredible picture and at that moment when you see that you can just see this picture the temple's not filled and then he see the next picture with his seraphims two holding on a face two the legs and two wings and then he's like holy 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 that's what he i mean that's the only thing you can say holy 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 and you see the attributes of god when you see him all you can see it is holiness his love is holy his kindness is holy his joy is holy everything you see is holy 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 and then from that moment when he starts to see it just continue a journey because in the next moment when he see who he is then in the next moment he starts to see who he himself is he says the whole earth is filled with the glory of god mm. when you see god now instead of saying the whole earth is filled of evil or darkness or no the whole earth is not going to be full but is filled with the glory of god now i see the whole earth differently because I see him and the holiness. I see me and I see the whole earth here is filled. Everything has changed. Because now you're going to talk and you're going to start glory management. You're going to start to speak the glory out in creation. Because creation is, and this is already in a pitch. That's one of the reasons I believe that Jesus even quotes Isaiah so beautifully in his first sermon. It's just actually reading from the book of Isaiah. Because Isaiah had, had this beautiful tipping point and his shift. And then... The whole post shook and the temple was filled with the smoke. And the only picture I have, there's a couple of times, but we were in Thailand actually with our friend Mel Tari and David Hogan. And we could feel the building was shaking. It was the first time I could feel the whole building and people could feel it. We were there. And I've had a couple of incidences in the glory realm where the whole place, you can sense the whole mm. creation just reacting because heaven is coming down. Yeah. It's a fearful 
but it is an amazing place to be. There is a one moment you just get on your face and I've been there on several occasions. You can't stand, you just have to go on your face before him and you're almost afraid of looking because the light is so bright that you do not even know if you can be able to stand it. So this is kind of this encounter that Isaiah is having. And I think we're just gonna stop there for a moment because I think it's just a little breeding point because I don't even know for people that are listening if have they had this experience? Have you seen him? Have you seen the holiness? And when you're seeing his holiness, you're seeing his light. And in his light, there is love. And when you're looking at that, now you can see everything else changes in your home, in your business, in your everywhere. There's glory everywhere. Before you saw gory, point your finger. <laughs> now you see glory. That's right. Something has changed. Then I said, woe is me. I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people with unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King of the Lords of Hosts. At the moment when he see who he is, now he see who he is. Wow. This is who Isaiah is. Before, you may be thinking, well, I'm a great prophet, I'm this, I'm that, and everybody else is wrong. Mm. But when you see who he is, now he says, wow, it's me. I'm actually the one with the issue here. When I see him, the light, and I suddenly see it exposes all those different areas. What was me? I'm the one. And then he, now he can identify with the people. But now you're more broken because you see the brokenness over your condition. You're getting broken over the condition and other people and the people that are around you. And that's why I feel this is so important. And then I'm just saying, I'm the man with unclean lips. My eyes have seen the king of glory. And we know this story, one of the seven uses tongues and picks up a live coal from the altar, touches my lips with that fire and coal. And then in the next moment, his ears open up. So this is just an overview of it. And we can talk through it. Ears opens up and he can hear the conversation in heaven talking. Because how do we know? Because the scripture says, who are we going to send? How does he listen? His tongue now, the tongue, the seraphim takes this cold and there's altar of coal and there's a coal for each one of us one coal for Kaylee one for Leigh but there's something that happens when your tongues get on fire what comes out of your mouth is very different after this encounter because you will be one of the burning ones and you will have a fire message you will stand firm, firm but you will love well you will burn for something and it will be that fire and you can see it with the people that have had this encounter there's something mm -hmm. touching that topic what they are created what they are called to do and you can see the lips starts burning it starts to be on fire but when the fire hits your lips the ears open up and you can start to hear the conversation in heaven who are we going to send we have all these different issues we're looking for someone and that's what leads to the very title for this podcast here am i send me if you can use me here here am i i'm going to make myself available <laughs> so that's kind of a well i believe that there's so many different layers and so many more details but that's a incredible overview of what's taking place so i see it in my own mm -hmm. there's a new invitation i've seen a lot of things and experiencing a lot of things but suddenly god is about to do something new that means it's never been done before mm -hmm. that means i cannot operate in yesterday's anointing i cannot there was things that god did not point his finger to in past season that at this moment you cannot take with you into the next season just because of where he's taking you. So now it's identifying with some of those King Uzziahs. And then as I say, be clear, like we said in the first podcast, second of all now, 
to be able to see who he is. Having that encounter, say, I want to see you. I want to experience your holiness. I want to experience your love. I want to experience Position yourself because that's what's happening. And I'm being overwhelmed by him. The next moment, now you get to see who you are because you see you the way that he sees you. And now I start to see, wow, all around me, from the Muslim area to America to every area, my marriage and everything else, there's glory everywhere. And he's looking for prophets that don't do the diagnosis of the situation, but can see the glory. But to do that, you have to see his glory. And then you need to be filled and fill your temple with that robe. And it's interesting, even the word robe there, the woman who had been bleeding, when she touched the hem of his garment, it's the same word that oh. is being used. And that's also, even right now, if, I, I like that to be the case for people that has been out there, been bleeding, or been disqualified and everything else. And if you can just touch that robe that is filling our temple, wow. that little blue little part of that, it's the hem of his garment that they're going to be healed. And I'm just asking that that's going to happen with each one of us, that we will have in such an encounter that people know if I just touch, get close to that person, mm -hmm. I will be healed. I will be transformed. Yeah. I have such a, such a sense as well that um, even as you're speaking about it now, Leif, that there's listeners who are um, experiencing the presence of God right now as they're listening. And I just want to take a moment and pause and bless what God's doing because um, it's a significant moment. And even you just giving the overview, you can feel the tangible presence of God. And mm. I think it's just very important to stop and to lean into that because yeah. um, God's in the business of changing lives and he's, he wants to do it right now in a lot of people's lives. And um, I, I would love to hear, I, I see this process um, where Isaiah comes face to face with God and then he's face to face with himself, this woe is me moment of, well, I'm like, I'm a very little Isaiah in the hands of a very big God. Woe is me. Um, who am I? Like, here I am, send me, Lord. So I, I'd love um, for you to really touch on that, on, on that moment of what happens when you're face to face with God and face to face with yourself. Because in that moment, when you're face to face with yourself, you often see things that you don't love. <laughs> you, you see all of those Uzziahs that you've identified. And, um, and in the process of going from that place to here I am, send me, Lord. I'd love to hear that side of it. Because in the first podcast, we talked about the face-to-face -face with the Uzziahs. Now, what about the here I am, send me process? Mm -hmm. what, what does that look like? Yeah. Now, I think that one of them is, first of all, we're becoming overwhelmed by him. Mm -hmm. But the truth is when I start to see who he is, I, first of all, I see who I am not. Mm -hmm. And that's where wisdom comes in. But second of all, then I start to see who I am from a right perspective. So uh, there is nothing wrong then when I'm standing before a holy God, when I'm standing before majesty, when I'm standing in the light, if there's things that is being exposed in that. Uh, that's the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful freedom. Jesus, this is so beautiful with a new covenant, to then recognizing what the precious blood of Jesus provided for. So it's not going to be in our own effort when the diagnosis comes and the light comes on and I see there's a certain area, one of the first thing I do then is just, I'm just laying these down at the cross. Yeah. And I'm doing this, I'm, I'm confessing my sins, that there's sin in the life. But it's not always just sin, what I did wrong or anything else. It can sometimes be that there's certain things that we're holding on to from the past that we don't want to let go of. And that yeah. becomes an idol in the next season. So I think it's also having the wisdom when you are being faced with that. Because that's the challenge for me sometimes is that you can, even where you're at, you're so blessed where you're at. 
and, and you actually become comfortable where you're at. And what we do not realize, we're actually becoming backslidden because God is moving and we are staying still. And we're not moving with him, then you are backslidden. So we are actually, so when God is moving on from that moment and we are building altars around what God has done and we are staying there when God is inviting us to move forward. So when he comes into that place, it's then to recognize what those things are. But both as is saying to confess it. And if there's issues in my marriage, I go and deal with it. Whatever it is, it's, I kind of throw overboard anything that is not necessary in that season. Just mainly because I don't want to carry that. I can carry that as I'm moving on. Then I'm moving into the next moment where I'm recognizing because that's when he can come in and just cleanse because we possess what we confess. First of all, what we say about God, now what I say about myself. Now you're going in and making sure you speak about you or what God speaks about you. This is who I am. I'm thrown overboard. I'm not living there, placing that at the cross. Anything is needed. And the precious blood of Jesus covers over all of that. But make the I am statements of who you are now. The I am, that's what Jesus did very clearly. I am, I am holy, I am righteous. I'm just, here's who I am. And then as a result of that, that will position yourself to get on fire for who you are instead of who you are not. How God sees you so that you see you the way he sees you and the way you see everything else. Then your ears and say, Papa, here I am, I'm available. Mm-hmm. And then now it's just, and I just want to encourage people. Maybe there's not always these huge things. It can be a small little thing for somebody to just to represent them in the small things. So be aware even of some of the small things when you're saying, here am I, send me. Mm-hmm. When you're going there, just remembering us and saying that, first of all, who he is, now who you are, and now everything that is needed for the new assignment, that there is a new anointing to go with a new assignment. You're not supposed to go on your own strength and everything, else, but everything that you need right now is provided for, for the next thing. But it requires your step of faith now to move yourself in. One of the big shifts that had to be in Isaiah's life is the way that he was prophesying. Because again, now mm. he really cared. And I want to challenge us on that even now, because when I have seen who I am, it's not everybody in the office or it's not everybody at home. It's not my wife. It's not everybody else's. When I see who I am, now you have a lot of mercy and grace and love towards the people, mm. not just that is around you, but even the brokenness, if that's me being in Cambodia, meeting the Khmer Rouge, or meeting radical Muslims in the Middle East. No matter what it is, my brokenness, the tears now is producing something. And you have authority over what you weep over, but you also have authority over what you love. Mm-hmm. That's what you see now what's happening with Isaiah. He becomes the wow. mouthpiece of God. First of all, the fire cleanses you, mm-hmm. but the fire is also burning love. It's the wow. love that makes you burn brightly. Those two things is burning together on his tongues when he's speaking. It's a cleansing, but it is also love. And the reason we know that they had left the first love, they were no longer light, they were no longer burning. Mm-hmm. But you will be light when you're burning oil of intimacy, like the wise virgins, and that's who we want to be. Oh. Then we in our influence, wherever he sends, wherever he wants us to go, the safest place you can be is right in the middle of God's will, making yourself available. And oh. there's nothing greater in this world. And let that not be just a one-time experience. Like for me, 12 years ago, I've had a few other moments and not having to wait. But let that be as soon as there is some area that's got right back again. Say, if there's any desires now I need to deal with, let me just get rid of it. Let me have a new encounter. But I'm constantly open for fresh encounters with God. Yes. That certainly helped me to see me. That helped me to see everything else, to make myself available for the world 
that we are supposed to represent the good God towards. Yeah, and, and I love it too because it's not meant to be a, a one-time encounter that is actually a lifestyle we're meant to live. It's it's the daily encounters with the Almighty God. And that's my greatest desire is that I would, like this moment that Isaiah is having is I just want to constantly live in that place of, of face-to-face with Him so that I'm fully aware of what's going on inside of me so that I can have that, that, mumble, that, that moment of humility and brokenness saying, okay, God, this is everything I have that's going on in me. Here it is again. God, use me however you want. Like I give you my life, just a lifestyle of surrender and, and encounter. And I'm, I'm going to go a little left field on this next one, but I feel like God is on it. Yeah. Um, I think that something really important in this story is to realize what's actually going on in the room. So you could even talk to talk about it like um, the atmosphere of an encounter. If we're going to live the lifestyle of encounters, what does that atmosphere look like? Like this, these mom- this moment that Isaiah's having, there's so much happening in this room. It's the reverence, Isaiah, the willingness like you're talking about that that he had just just this wild encounter he's having, but he, there's this brokenness and this willingness inside him to say, no matter what God, here I am, still use me. Um, I'd love to hear hear your thoughts around that of, of what happens in the atmosphere encounter or, or setting yourself up um, to live a, have a lifestyle of encounters, to live live your life before God. First of all, I think that there's a combination of two things. One of them is that God is the one that already is taking the initiative to this very thing. So again, knowing who he is, knowing that you can trust him, knowing that when you start to sense the very thing that you sense is never any condemnation. It's always an upgrade that is leading to it. So when you do getting because it's a very fearful thing in a sense not afraid but it is a fearful the fear of the lord is through some of those encounters when you come and it's i do not like those moments it doesn't feel good (laughs) one of the last big one i remember was in malaysia on this floor for the next four hours i mean they they had pretty much carry me out i mean i was just so crushed all of us were on the floor and there was just one of those or when Bishop Joseph Galling, our family gathering, the body was laying there in their tears. But for weeks, I'm sitting on the airplane, just weeping. Or then you go into the Cambodia and you weep. and you just, So these encounters, they just continue to lead. To, and as soon as you think about it, if I stop now, I start crying. I can't even operate. So I can't drive car. I mean, again, it starts in my car and the glory just starts to show up again. It's just those moments. So I think that, uh, first of all, God takes the initiative. But also even the hunger in our hearts is definitely and humility is another element that comes in there one of them is living a lifestyle to know there is always more okay. it's like uh, the greatest experience i've had of the love of god uh, i remember so clearly that this is like a glass that you drink of water compared to the ocean of love that i have so so even if we feel well i cannot even handle anything more and that's what you feel sometimes mm-hmm. there's always more and that's why I think that's what creates this daily journey of constantly with a glass. If we're going to live a spilled life, need to be filled oh, and yes. overflow. And, and whatever fills, you get spilled with. And it's constantly to come in there and say, I just, I drink. The ones that is thirsty, he says, come and drink. Mm. So when I'm thirsty, I will constantly come and drink. People that are not thirsty don't do it. But then when you start just to drink a little bit, then from your innermost being, there starts to flow rivers. Mm. But that starts with you just tasting a few of those drops because you're constantly maintaining thirst. And that requires humility. That requires when I'm seeing how Jesus lived and loved and I'm looking at myself in the mirror and he said, you're going to do the same things and even greater things. Uh, 
then realizing that could we start with the same thing? <laughs> I'm open for the greater things, but just it constantly, instead of comparing to anybody else, when I see him, I see me, and I'm not beating myself up. I'm just saying I need to receive, then become. Mm. Then I can give more. And that's what he received here. He received something. And what he received, now he became. And what he became, he released, made himself available. Wow, I love that picture of of you actually positioning yourself and giving your life to Jesus and positioning yourself for these encounters. It's actually going to change the world around you. Mm. It's God can't help but leak out of you. And that's the whole point is that you would get so filled to overflowing that. Um, from this place that we're talking about in Isaiah 6 today is the place to live your life from. It's actually it's, it's impacting the world around you. So the fully surrendered life, the, the here I am, send me, the, those are the things that help form you and, and actually impact the world around you. Um, I absolutely love it. And Leif, I would, I would love for you to take a moment and really uh, pray for us and, and bless us um, with what we're talking about today. You know, just take a few moments and just, just wait upon him. Father, even as we just lay down any desires or anything that is in our life, just open up our eyes so that we can see you, Lord, high and lifted up. Holy, holy, holy. <laughs> joy, joy, joy. Peace, peace, peace. Whew. As we are looking into all the facets of your face, we start to see ourselves as we are and we get to see who we are and who we are in you and see us the way you see us the way we see the world around us is changing and all we can position and say if you can use me if you can use a little Leif Atlan, here I am send me so father even at this moment I just ask that we're going to hear stories so many different people around that just they were going in here and start this journey. And I'm on my 40-day journey of just letting go of Isaiah, ready for another upgrade, another encounter, just sensing this hunger, but I know it came from him. So I'm just asking that for people out there, they're not feeling that pressure, but just ask the Holy Spirit to create that thirst, to create that hunger, to create that longing for something more. Be overwhelmed by you. So just come Holy Spirit and just start to minister to each person. I'm asking also for a genuine brokenness over the world that is around us. That Jesus, you didn't come to judge that world, but you came so that the world could be saved. So Father, just position our hearts to not agree with a thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That we will align ourselves up with Jesus that came to give life and life more abundantly. And I'm just going to bless, Father, just let these next 40 days, this next journey, let it be so many encounters. And as a result of those encounters that people are having, they're going to become an encounter. People are going to encounter you, and they're going to be transformed by the encounter. So I'm just asking that. Let it be all these incredible encounters. Wow. What a God is just looking and longing for somebody 
that he can touch your lips. And Father, just all over, all over the world, I'm asking for lips that will be on fire, burning for something, burning message. But it comes from a place of love. But also ears that can hear what heaven is saying and make themselves available. And I thank you that's going to be you. We love you, Jesus. We adore you, Jesus. Thank you for every encounter. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you, Leif, for sharing your life and your wisdom with us. Really, really appreciate it. Um, for more information and for resources, visit us at globalmissionawareness.com. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To stay connected till next time, find us at globalmissionawareness.com.